Well, I suppose every pastor will be happy about what we're talking about this morning. But, you know, uh, even he can have problems in this respect. We're going to be talking about the bad habit of not going to church. You know, uh, there's a little joke that's going around these days that uh, runs something like this. The mother comes in and says, uh, now get up out of that bed. You just got to go to church. And the son says, uh, oh, mom, I don't want to go to church. I, I don't want to go to church. I, you know, those people down there, they, they don't like me. I don't want to go to church. And she says, you've got to go to church. And he says, well, give me two good reasons why I've got to go to church. She says, first of all, because you're 45 years old, and secondly, because you're the pastor. Well, now, it may not be quite like that for you, but uh, then again, even the pastor can have problems about wanting to go and face up some of the problems down at church. So if the pastor can have problems, so can the people. So let's think about this matter. In Hebrews 10, verse 25, we are told that we are not to forsake our own assembling together as is the habit of some. The interesting thing that this verse uh, tells us, among other things, is that it can become a habit not to go to church, a bad habit, a sinful habit that this passage condemns. All right, then, how do we break that bad habit? Well, the answer to that question is, is that you can't break a habit. We can't think in terms of breaking a habit because, you see, uh, habits we have tried to show in days past must not simply be broken, they must be put off and as a result of putting off, replaced by putting on a new habit in their place. So we must be thinking not in terms of putting off only or breaking habits only, but biblically if we want to think of really establishing a new pattern of life, we have to think of replacing habits with that new way of going. So I like to focus upon what the passage itself tells us about how to replace this habit. It says in the context beginning at verse 24, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and to good deeds, not forsaking our own for assembling together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, you see, the problem is that we have to not simply try to stop the wrong practice, but we have to, in its place, develop the right practice. And so what we really need here is a whole new attitude toward going to church that grows out of new practices that we engage in when we go to church. You see, if we just look on church as going and so, going to a place where we're going to listen to somebody talk to us or somebody uh, tell us something else and uh, who knows what he'll have to say next time, uh, our attitude in going to church is quite wrong. We should be going to church to be stimulated to love and to good deeds. We should be going to church to be encouraged by others, and we should be going to church to stimulate others to love and good deeds and to encourage others. So I want to make a suggestion to you, whether you're the pastor or whether you're a member. As you go to church, 
determine in your heart and ask God to make it a reality in your life that you, as you listen to the preaching and the teaching, and as you involve yourself in personal contacts, both in classes and informally with other members of that congregation, determine that by God's grace you will not leave that building until these things have happened. Don't allow yourself, for example, to read the Bible in church without being stimulated, or as that word literally means, provoked or irritated to love and to good deeds. It means, uh, it's a very powerful word there that means to stir you up until something happens about it. In other words, you go there and you ask God that that Bible will stir you as it's read and as it's preached. And don't allow yourself to listen to a sermon without being stimulated to go out and to serve God as you should, good deeds, or serve your neighbor as you should, or to love God and your neighbor in a new way. And don't allow yourself to attend a class or study the Bible in a Bible study class without somehow or other being encouraged or encouraging somebody else in that class, maybe sharing something God has done for you that will bring real joy or comfort or will bring real enthusiasm to another person whose life is caught and snagged and bogged down. And as you talk to another believer informally out in the yard or Uh, churchyard or uh, there in the hallway in the church or there in the foyer of the church. Don't just talk about all the incidentals of life, but be sure that in your conversation you look, always be looking for some way to be stimulated by something the other person says, to love and to good works, to be encouraged by something he says, and always look for the opportunity to say something encouraging to another. Well, what I'm suggesting is, is that you're going to have to work. You're going to have to work hard when you go to church. And that's exactly what is most stimulating. Most people don't go to church thinking that they're going to have to do anything. It's going to be the Sunday school teacher who does it for them. It's going to be the preacher who does it for them. And that's why they get into this bad habit of staying away from church, because they're not involved in it. Look, you've got to go and get involved yourself, and then you won't have the problem of the habit of staying away from church beginning to grow in your life. Because when you get really involved in encouraging others and stimulating others and being encouraged and being stimulated by those contacts, you're going to find that church going is a habit you don't ever want to break. You're going to find that the good habit, the righteous habit, the holy habit will quickly replace the bad and sinful one. Well, now how can you go about doing this? The first thing is to prepare before you go to church. Think about it. Pray about it. Ask yourself a question like, what do I really need? What are my problems at this moment? Why do I need to be encouraged? About what? How? How do I need to be stimulated to love and to good works? And if you go to church already thinking about the problems that need to be solved, the things that you need to get help for, and you go really looking, really opening your eyes and your ears and your heart to what you can find in the Word of God and in the sermon and in the context with other believers and in that Sunday school class, if you go excitedly looking for something worthwhile, you're going to find it. But if you go looking for nothing, that's exactly what you're going to find. Pray that God will give you those opportunities. And so instead of looking for more gossip that you can find from the person next to you. Look for encouragement. Look for stimulation to love and to good deeds. And if you can't even find it, then then go ask for it. Ask somebody in a Sunday school class, what do you think about such and such a problem? Get the whole class to talk about it and look for others who need it. Look for others. Seek out the opportunities to stimulate them. And then, in general, work for enhancing all the programs of your church 
so that the church will be so vital, so exciting, that nothing can keep people away from it. That's what we need. Lord, bless, we pray, in these ways as we do not forsake our assembling of ourselves together, but find joy and stimulation to love and to good works and encouragement with your people. In Christ's name, amen.